It's Wednesday in the third week of Lent. Welcome to today's Lentcast. This is Father John Zulsdorf. Our Roman pilgrimage continues today by gathering at Santa Balbina on the Aventine Hill and then processing solemnly to San Sisto Vecchio, Old St. Sixtus, where the body of Sixtus II, St. Lawrence's Pope and spiritual father, is found. A scrutiny of the candidates for baptism took place here on this day. This church and so many of the station churches in Rome remind us of how quickly and viciously civil authorities can and indeed have, and will again, lash out with persecution at Christ's church and her children, even to the point of imprisonment, torture, and death, or surveilling people who go to the traditional Latin Mass. A church was built at this site during the time of Pope Anastasius I, who died in 401. St. Gregory the Great, who died in 604, transferred here the remains of Pope Sixtus II, who was murdered in 258, along with his six, six of his deacons, including St. Lawrence, who was burned on the Great. At the time of Innocent III in the 13th century, the basilica underwent a thorough reconstruction. It had to be reconstructed partly because of the ground level, for the church was vulnerable to flooding from the Tiber River. Pope Honorius III entrusted the church to St. Dominic, and this is where Dominic performed a miracle and restored a worker to life after he had fallen during the rebuilding. A year later, the Dominicans were given Santa Sabina on the Aventine Hill, which they still have. That was the station for Ash Wednesday. When the male Dominicans left for the Aventine, the place was entrusted to Dominican sisters. The Dominicans here were the first order of cloistered nuns, and they are still here. Not the same ones, they're new ones, but Dominicans. Behind the apse, part of Innocent's Church can still be viewed, which has some fresco. It includes an image of St. Dominic from only about a century after his death. We've been getting a good deal from Father Patrick Troadek lately and his work toward Easter. They say too much of a good thing is too much, but I don't think we've had too much of it yet. Here's his thoughts on Wednesday for the third week of Lent. In the Gospel of today, the scribes and the Pharisees are being spiteful. They ask our Lord why his disciples do not wash their hands before meals. Jesus takes advantage of the opportunity to show the Pharisees how the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. He says to them, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Our Lord reproaches the Pharisees for their duplicity. Indeed, outwardly they seem to be pure. They seem not to have any shortcomings. They practice their religion, but their interior is corrupt. Their own venomous words betray them. The devil tries to stir up that caustic, bad-spirited language as a way of undermining concord and charity in a family or in a community. A bad spirit is never from God. The spirit communicated by God is a good spirit. Consequently, when we do not understand the attitude of our neighbor, or else when one of our superiors asks us for something which is not to our liking, let us avoid losing our temper or sulking. Let us try to react in confiding our difficulties to our superiors with respect and with good spirit. 
In the same way, let us avoid letting our own negative feelings fester inside us and feed that murmuring and those negative comments. Our Lord loves upright souls, frank souls, simple and transparent souls. On the contrary, he despises duplicity, craftiness, double language, deceitful ambiguity, anything murky, anything shifty, anything that is not up front. Lord Jesus, help me this Lent not to dig my heels in, not to be categorical in my judgments of the people around me when they ask me for things I do not like. Help me, if necessary, to work out my difficulties with them in all simplicity. I also make the resolution to rejoice in good, whatever its source, and also to exclude no one from my charity.